know that um, I am also into naturopathic health. Um, I have benefited greatly from both modern medicine and naturopathic medicine, and it's a big part of my life. But that isn't even what the Lord put on my heart to share with you today. Um, uh, and there's a place for that and, you know, maybe some other time. But um, I believe that the Lord wants to speak to his power in our health today. He's our creator. He's our physician. And really, he is more than enough. He is all that we need and more. And um, so I'm going to share what the word has to say about that. And then I'm also going to share part of my testimony. Some of you may have heard um, we did a women's conference a couple years ago, a couple of few years ago. I shared there. Um, and then some of you may have heard little little clips, you know, here and there. So anyway, um, I will share a portion of that today. But I'm opening up with this. This is just a beautiful banner over us this morning. Third John 2, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. And that's the amplified version. I love that amplified version of that scripture. Um, that, that's a powerful message. There's many reasons that a woman or that anyone in particular can struggle with her health. Uh, we know that diseases can be genetically passed down. We know that environmental issues also cause diseases. We can also make poor choices that cause diseases. Um, and then some diseases are communicable. We can catch them, and in some way they, they manifest in our body and they cause trouble and infect our body somehow. Healthcare professionals of various worldviews and perspectives will now tell you that stress onsets many diseases. Some, um, you know, working their way, lowering the immune system response, and that can take place when a, when a woman or a person it has been under stress for any great length of time. So scientifically, you know, this is proven now we know that long periods of stress or, or great amounts of stress can onset health issues lowering the immune system. Um, a lot of times there's something that's been genetically, you know, passed down, as was in my case, and then it activates under that pressure and that reaction of stress. But the Bible actually agrees with that scientific finding and gave us information to help guide us to healing long before science made these findings, which I love. Um, and so, you know, the, the modern-day doctors are now warning us of the risk factor that stress can have on our health, but we can also turn to the scriptures and see specifically, you know, um, how it can target us, what kinds of emotions that maybe we be carrying, you know, too long or we didn't realize we were manifesting or holding on to, that can cause certain things to happen as well. So I'm going to jump to Proverbs 17.22, and most of what I'm using is amplified um, version of the Bible today. And you guys are probably very familiar with this verse. A happy heart is good medicine, and a joyful mind causes healing. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. Now, that is so descriptive. That is so profound. And I love that as we read, a joyful mind causes healing. That means we can activate something in our minds that causes our body to respond. You know, our creator made this amazing design for the body to be able to heal itself. 
he's a genius. You know, he, he designed it that way. And so there are things that we can do that will help to cause our body to react in that way. Um, my uncle sent me a little, it just, it made my, I told him it made my day, my week, my month. He sent me a little voice clip of my grandmother yesterday. And it was a voicemail that she had left him. I lost my grandmother just a few years ago to cancer. And immediately, just the, hearing her voice and that sound registering with me, my heart just leapt. You know, of course, there's a little, little sorrow there because I don't have her with me any longer, but it was good for me. It was good for my heart to hear her voice again. And it started, you know, it just reminded me of what the Lord was speaking, um, the things that we dwell on, the things that we think on. Amazing what a voice can bring back. Proverbs 14.30 is also very powerful. A tranquil heart gives life to flesh, to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. It makes me think about another scripture where we find uh, every evil practice, where there's uh, jealousy and selfish ambition. You know, the scripture has a lot to say about what it is that we're manifesting on the inside of us in our thought, life. Um, it manifests, you know, we are body, mind, and spirit. And so all of it comes into play. What runs through our mind becomes pattern and habit. And if we can think of our heart like soil, it takes root there and it grows, whatever it is. Uh, science also shows us that whatever cycles through the mind is going to cycle f- through frequently. And we're going to get those kind of ruts, and I'm, I'm giving you very layman terms, uh, kind of etched through the mind. If you think of an etch-a-sketch working, it etches through the brain that way. And then it's like a roller coaster. We are more geared toward those kinds of thoughts, whatever they are. But we know we can take our thoughts captive too, right? And we can lay them down before Christ. We can surrender them before Christ. And we can renew the mind, the scriptures tell us. So we as Christian ladies, you know, reading God's word, his promises to us, we have powerful resource in God's word that can directly impact, change, revolutionize our health. But there's another factor that I want to talk to you about that may affect our health as well. Um, this is one of a spiritual nature. We know that we've got the physical realm and the, the spiritual realm, and one affects the other. But in fact, we are often very focused on the physical because we are physical beings. However, we forget oftentimes that the, the spiritual world is in play and very effective. Um, and so uh, I want to speak about the attack that can come from the enemy on our health. Um, you know, this, this, this topic causes a lot of debates among Christians. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm just going to give you some scriptures and I'm going to give you uh, what the Lord has put on my heart and I'm going to share my testimony. And then as always, we should be like the Bereans. You go to God's word and you listen to what he says to you. Dig in the scriptures. Let the Lord continue to speak in your heart because today I'm just giving you an appetizer and I really feel like the Lord wants to speak to you more in your quiet time with him about the spiritual realm and health. And he'll be faithful to reveal that and do that to you. Um, Can the enemy touch our health? You know, that's a question that's debated. Does Satan have the power 
to touch our health. Well, what in the world am I doing up here trying to answer that question? Um, I would never, it's not something I would have ever, you know, endeavored to, um, uh, to teach on. Um, it's, it's too big for me. However, all I know is what I've experienced in Christ and it's real and it's powerful. So I have to give testimony to God and, um, and just uh, reveal to you what he's shown me. John 10, 10, I believe reveals that we can absolutely be affected in our health as Christian women by our adversary. Um, he doesn't like your faith in God. He wants to shake your faith in God. And if you are on fire, that spreads and he would like to douse that out. So please keep that in mind. We've got to walk around being aware of the fact that if we are light, as he's called us to be, we are going to be a target. We are. And that doesn't sound nice, but you know what? If we're a target, that means that we've got something going on inside of us that God is pleased with, and we are safe. We are safe in his hands. So John 10.10, 10, I believe, reveals to us that, yes, the enemy can and does touch our health, and that is the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance until it overflows to the full. So we have black and white. We have direct contrast there. We know what Christ came for and we know what Satan is all about. We know what he's here for. So if there's something being stolen from you or there's destruction of some kind, we can be sure of the root behind that. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the dark powers of this world. And I love that we don't wrestle part because what it tells us is that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but in fact, we do wrestle. We do. And sometimes we just don't do it well. And that's what I think the Lord wants to awaken inside of us. We walk around with the one who is inside of us that is far greater than the one who is in the world. So we don't have to be intimidated by those outward attacks that we will feel. We can stand on his promises. We need to speak them over our lives, over our children's lives, our husband's lives, our families and friends. We need to speak those powerful promises out loud into the atmosphere and we need to repeat them. We need to cycle them through our minds again and again and again. What happens when we do that? You know, we memorize it. We hide it in our heart. We believe it. We activate our faith. Faith has feet. Faith has feet. So when I'm believing something, I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to testify to God's goodness when I don't even see it yet, right? You know, my sister, when you are walking through your journey with cancer, the Lord had you in the palm of his hand. Precious, precious, precious. And I, I, you know, look at you on a Sunday morning and I can see, oh, Jesus, he's got this one right here. God has got it. So in our faith, we say, I am whole. I am healed. I am walking in the promises of God. This is what my father says. So this is what I'm going to walk in. Okay? Sometimes doctor's diagnosis can come at us and hit us right here, and we feel no hope, and we feel the pierce of the, the scary words. And 
Well, that's not the end. That's not the final word. God always has more. So as much as I'd love to talk to you about um, the fact that I use, you know, silver when my kids get pink eye and it works amazing. You don't have to go to the doctor and what wonder kombucha can do for your gut health and all of those other things. Today, the Holy Spirit wants to have his time. So, and I feel him here. I feel him here. I'm sure that you do too. The Lord said, speak about Job today. So I'm going to go into a little bit and forgive me for reading it, but I haven't memorized the entire second chapter of Job. (laughs) So I'm not that good. Um, Here we go. So Job chapter two. Now this is the second time that Satan approaches God about Job. He's approached him previously in chapter one. This is the second time. Again, there was a day when the sons of God, angels, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan, our adversary and accuser, also came among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? And he asked him this in chapter one as well. Satan says the same thing both times. And I believe we can say the same thing for him today. Let's just keep that in our thoughts. Then Satan answered the Lord from roaming around on the earth and from walking around on it up to no good. That's what he's doing. He's walking around up to no good. Then Satan answered the Lord. Oh, I I read that. So from roaming around, we know. Okay, so verse three, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered and reflected on my servant Job? For there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God with reverence and abstains, abstains from and turns away from evil because he honors God. And still he maintains and holds tightly to his integrity. Although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause, and at this point his um, his you know livelihood, he's a very wealthy man, and his family had been touched. And I'm sure you know, we're familiar with the story of Job. Satan answered the Lord, skin for skin. Yes, a man will give all he has for his life. In other words, he's saying, but he's a man after all, he's selfish. So if I touch him, you know, if you, if you touch his body, he's going to curse you. He's not going to continue to serve you. That that's where you're going to get him right there. But put forth your hand now and touch his bone and flesh and severely afflict him. Now, this is Satan talking, and he will curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. I want to take just a second before I read the the next little portion, and I'm almost done, and, and point out to you that God did not touch Job with the disease. God did not give Job the disease. We know that we live in a fallen world, and the, you know, the effects of disease are all around us. We can look at the animals and the plants and see it, you know, all. In this particular case, God said, okay, I'm going to let you pass through me, but only so far. So he's in submission to God. God is an authority over him and he always will be, but he was allowed to touch in this case, Satan's, uh, Job's body. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome boils and agonizingly painful sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And Job took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself and sat down among the ashes or the rubbish heaps. And he just scraping. I mean, that's quite a visual. I don't think I need to say anything else. How miserable and awful. Then his wife said to him, do you still... Now, his wife said to him, okay? So the one who is supposed to be dearest to his heart, Job's getting it every 
which way that you possibly can. Do you still cling to your integrity and your faith and trust in God without blaming him? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the spiritually foolish women speaks, ignorant and oblivious to God's will. Shall we indeed accept only good from God and not also accept adversity and, a, and disaster? In spite of all this, Job did not sin with words from his lips. That is so profound to me. There's wisdom there that we see coming out of Job. Uh, in his state and in his suffering, he corrects his wife. You know, he unveils what's behind what she's saying. What? Look at what you're saying, you know. Uh, he doesn't cause an argument and kick her out of the house, you know, that we know of. But he unveils what it is that she's saying, and he's putting it away from him. I'm not going to think this way. This is not how I'm approaching this thing. It tells me that Job was mature in his relationship with Christ. Why? Because should we not accept adversity and blessing? Job had been a very blessed man. Well, the Lord blesses who he chooses who he chooses to bless, but Job was also very faithful in his blessings. Um, so we've got a man here who is walking with the Lord. You know, he wasn't a perfect man, but the Lord pointed him out. And it wasn't that Job had done anything wrong, but suddenly he should suffer all of these things. Why? So that God might be glorified. So that Job would be refined in the fire even more because we're never done down here. Until we reach glory, we're, we're never done. We're always walking through glory to glory, as the scriptures say, with God. He's always refining Autumn. He's always teaching her more. He always has more to show her. And he shows her when she's ready. And he helps to make us ready. He helps to make us ready. He's faithful. Um, Miss Donna, if you would like flag me at like 10 minute warning, um, because I don't have to, I don't think I have to say I can be long winded. <laughs> I know I've only got two and a half hours, so I just want to make sure I don't run over. Um, so, um, at this point, I want to share a little bit of, uh, and it is a little bit, it's, a, it's just a snippet. It's just a little taste of my testimony. Um, I was diagnosed with lupus. And um, it wasn't an easy come-by diagnosis. Uh, I was um, dealing with some health issues from the time of 23 to the delivery of that gorgeous child sitting over there. And post-delivery, all of a sudden, everything went wonky. Um, God gave all the good stuff to her. I'm just teasing, Joanne. I'm just teasing. Um, she's so sweet. I can, I can mess with her a little bit. But I, you know, it's often a time when a, whim, a woman's uh, body can start reacting and, and things can be revealed. And so uh, without telling you all of my symptoms, um, they were, there were a lot. Basically, I went from doctor to doctor to doctor trying to figure out what in the world was wrong. Um, at that point, the only thing that they found is something that I still uh, walk in hopes of healing today. I'm being very careful how I'm saying that, you hear. Um, and, and that is an autoimmune disease that affects my thyroid. And basically, my thyroid just has to decided it doesn't want to work. So, um, but it is because of an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. So they found that at 23 years old, um, but it just didn't fix all of the symptoms that I was having. And so we got recommendation after recommendation. I went to doctor after doctor. I had CAT scans. I had MRIs. I had, um, you know, just everything that you can possibly think of. Um, and blood work, you know, not, no arthritis. They were thinking, surely it's arthritis. Um, 
just to kind of give you an example, you know, these little or little jeans that I can wear today, I would never have been able to put on because I had this weird thing where uh, I could feel it coming on and I would have fluid gather on my knees. It was really all over my body, but it was really bad on my knees. And so two and a half to three Coke cans worth of fluid were drawn off of my knees at certain points in time going into the doctor's office. Let me tell you, um, being a mama of three little ones, five, three, and a newborn, that was really, really hard. Um, I couldn't bend my knees when that happened, and, and I had to put on enormous pants. I literally could not get into my jeans. Um, so it made my day-to-day activity hard, but it also got to me. It was discouraging. I literally was walking through uh, aches and pains, and it just felt like everything was... Uh, falling apart. And so no one could tell me. Um, You know, they checked my blood. Blood work was clear. No arthritis, no rheumatoid arthritis, you know, nothing. We don't see anything. And yet they were baffled. So they decided, well, let's let's give you a knee surgery. So we did an x-ray. There was a little bit of roughage on the back of my kneecap. I was a tomboy growing up. I crashed on my knees all the time. So that's probably where the roughage was. So we had we had knee surgery done. I, I bear the beautiful scars today. And um, that didn't help. And so thing after thing after thing, you know, it's very costly. It was exhausting and it was discouraging. No answers. So meanwhile, what did I do? I just, I kept living. I still had dreams of, of having a family, of raising children. And, and I didn't feel like the Lord said, put everything on hold. And so I kept going and I, I did it sick. Um, so Jada at this point had been added to our family. Um, later on along comes Jonathan. And so there I am a mom of 29 with four birth children and, you know, just different issues, but somewhere between Jada and Jonathan, things really intensified. And I began to press in. I began to really, really pray and try and take hold of the throne of heaven. And I started to pray scripture. And I said, God, you said this in your word. And God, you said that in your word. And I need healing. And I'm begging you for healing. And I'm coming and I'm asking and I'm not giving up. I'm asking and I'm seeking and I'm knocking. And that implies that we can come you know, boldly to God's throne and we can go again. And we can go again. And we can go again. And that's what I did. And it took years. But before I got to the place where I can, I can tell you about my victory, it was very dark. Um, I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the lesson, sometimes genetically things can be passed down. On my mother's side of the family and on my father's side of the family, there are many autoimmune diseases, lupus on both sides. And so um, it was after we uh, went through the process of adopting our son, James, and brought this very precious but extremely troubled child into our home at almost seven years of age that not only did my family go under a um, spiritual attack, uh, just 100% full-blown, you know, uh, my kids can tell you about it. You can ask Joanna later. She loves to talk. Ask Joanna. She'll tell you some more, <laughs> more details. Um, but also, it started to manifest in my health. And this is the point where, you know, I switched to yet another doctor's office, and what did they find? But I get a phone call, and I happened to know the nurse who called me, and uh, we were childhood friends, and she called, and she said, Autumn, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but I, I wanted to be the one to call but you, you've got lupus, we're pretty sure, so we're sending you to UVA rheumatology. And I'm going, okay, 
what do I do with this? This isn't good. You know, what little I did know of lupus, I know it wreaked havoc and could even cause death. And well, it's not curable. Okay. There is no cure for lupus. We have no cure. Um, so I wait for my appointment. I go to Dr. Jarjor's office. Some of you probably know who that is. UVA rheumatology. They do extensive testing on me, extensive, not just for lupus, asking lots of questions. They want to know everything. My origin, you know, is there any possibility of native Native American blood, you know, lots of questions, lots of questions. And I answered everything and I felt like, um, I just felt like a a helpless, scared wretch, (laughs) just to put it plainly to you. Um, So word comes back from UVA rheumatology. Yes, Mrs. Temple, you have lupus. So we want you to come in and we want to talk with you about what treatment is going to look like. Now, um, I had some upbringing and I was exposed to, you know, caring for my health in some other ways other than just modern medicine. And so I already had some, some of my own worldview about these things. And so I went into the doctor's office and I have to say they really didn't know who they were dealing with. Um, and they weren't happy with me. So they gave me a gamut of, um, you got lupus, but you could also have lots of other things. And we're really, we want to watch after you and we're going to put you on. And they named several heavy medicines, steroids involved. And I looked at them and I said, no, I'm not going to do this. I don't feel right about this. I don't think this is the right way for me to approach this. I really appreciate your help. And I really appreciate you helping me find out what's going on. But I'm going to have to find a different way. I can't do this. They argued back and forth. Of course, having my best interest at heart, I am sure from their perspective, you know, we were, Mrs. Temple, do you understand that this is going to affect the type of lupus I had was systemic. So organs are involved. It wasn't the asystemic where it was my skin, um, you know, and rashes, uh, like sometimes you can see with lupus pictures, but it was all internal for me. It can spread and it can affect your organs in so many various, you can end up having to have surgeries and, and it can be very life-threatening. And I said, I understand, but I cannot just, I can't agree to be on these medicines at this time. So I left the, um, the doctor's office saying no to the help that was given to me, but believing there was something else. What I didn't know, and I didn't find it right away either. Um, I continued to pray. I shared with my pastor and my pastor's wife. Of course, I shared with Mike. I cried and cried and cried and cried. It's really difficult when you have a a little growing brood in your care. And so I said to the Lord, God, you gave me these children. You want them here and you made me their mother. Four times blessed to carry four children to term. And then you blessed me with a son that wasn't even of my own womb. I know you have something else for me. And he did, but he made me wait. I did suffer while I waited. I was very sick. My family was very scared. Um, I had to deal with panicky comments from loved ones who met well and everyone else's opinions. And it was a tr- a, just a, a trying place to be. But I put my trust in the Lord. And I feel like I, I grabbed a hold of the hem of his garment and I just refused to let go. You have to heal me according to what your word says. And so I'm not telling you how to handle your own situation, but I'm just saying to you, here is what I did. This is where I was at. So I began to grow in a relationship with the Lord like I'd never had before. I grew closer and closer and closer to him, and he started to speak to me. 
he started to not only speak encouraging things to me, (laughs) but he started to say, you're selfish. (laughs) You are unforgiving. You've got these areas we're going to have to work on. And so that might sound rude. And he knows, you know, he's not rude. He's the most loving father that there is. But he had me wait. And in the waiting, he said, this, these are things we got to get rid of. Girl, these things have got to go. You cannot keep these things and expect for me to, to work through. And so as I am expecting for God to miraculously heal me, God is saying, you're going to have to do some work too. And so that, that is where my relationship went with the Lord. Um, he took me to the, the memory of very difficult places in my past that were hard to hash through. I cried and there was, you know, there were things that were unjust that had been done to me. And the Lord's so gentle. He's so caring. He's so good to embrace us. But he needs for us to see what sometimes we harbor in there what's been kept in there, what's cycling through here, what's been planted in here, and what's growing. We've got to get rid of these things. And so sometimes the Lord will cause us in these times where we have to be still. We can't be as active as we would like to be. Look look here. Let's look inward and let's start dealing with some of these things. And so that is what God did um, with me. And that is a very short little snippet. Um, I... Uh, I have to tell you, he also gives us weapons. The word is our weapon. Quoting the scriptures that I quoted again and again were my weapons and my praise both. Um, Jeremiah 17, 14 was my constant prayer, constant prayer, daily, multiple times a day. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are my praise. That's so deep. So I'm asking him and I'm telling him, I know you can heal me. If anybody can do it, you can do it, God. It's going to come from you. If it comes at all, it's going to come from you. But I'm going to continue to praise you no matter what. That's what that scripture translated to in my soul. And then the Lord asked something pretty amazing of me. And again, this is my journey. You know, it might be a little bit different. But he spoke to me and he said, I want you to... I want you to sign worship and I want you to worship. I want you to worship and worship like never before. And you know what? I didn't want to because most of the time when I got up in the morning, I felt super sick. I was extremely nauseated and a whole list of other things, a whole laundry list, dirty laundry. <laughs> and um, I, uh, I was approached by my pastor's wife and she said, Pastor and I really want you to start signing worship. What would you think about that? <laughs> and at this point in my life, I couldn't say I couldn't say no to anything. <laughs> and it served me well in that at that spot. And I said, okay, well, so every Sunday I wrestled. Every Sunday I would tell Mike, I can't do it. And every Sunday he would say, Yes, you can. <laughs> can you imagine that, Allison? I know you probably can. Yes, you can. You need to do it. Yes, you can. And so I would go and I would be swollen and I would feel sick and I would sweat profusely, but I would go and I would worship and I would testify by my body God is in control no matter what's going on right now he's still worthy he's still good he's still faithful he's still healer he's still God 
And that's what I was saying. He called me to this in my home. I had to exemplify praise in my home. And the Lord taught me how to do, how to do this. Um, I was encouraged to pray out loud in my, my spiritual tongue in my home. I'd never done that before. My kids thought I was crazy. One, one particular time I was working out on my exercise bike and, um, there was a matter and an issue on my heart and I just was speaking in tongues. And Jonathan comes in and opens the door and what is wrong with her? You know, and he runs out of my room and the kids have a funny story about him saying, something's wrong with mom. <laughs> but, but the Lord wanted my children to see your mother is putting her faith in me. Your mother continues to praise no matter what's going on. He required me to live out what I was asking he required me to live it out. And so I'm giving very, very short, short versions of this. But there was a uh, particular Sunday, and I was in an amazing worship service. And I was, it was one of those Sundays I felt so sick. And Mike was up. He was playing the saxophone. And I was in the congregation. And I was just lost in a crowd of, I don't know, hundreds. I don't know how many, but it was a bunch. And it was a special service, and um, the uh, the speaker at this time said, um, if the Lord puts a word on your heart, you can come up and you can speak to one of the elders or the deacons that we have right here at the altar. Just share it with them, and, and they'll weigh that out with you and discern, you know, if that's something that should be shared. And they, they were very godly and tasteful about it. And I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm bawling my eyes out, just worshiping. It was just a, a beautiful, precious time. And the Lord said, go prophesy, go up there and say that I'm going to heal you. Well, that's what I had been asking for. And I I don't know about you, but that's intimidating. And I like people and I don't mind talking in front of people, but I was really terrified. God, what if that's just my head talking to me? (laughs) You know, what if I get up there and I say that and then, you know, I'm really sick and I look foolish, you look foolish. And the Lord just persisted, go, go, go. And so what I did was I looked for somebody I knew and that knew me well, it felt comforting. And I went up and I said, Mr. Shirley, this is what God's saying to me. I really honestly think part of me really was just hoping for him to just get some people around me and pray and me not have to go up. He said, yes, go. (laughs) And they knew my story. They knew what I was struggling with. And so up I went and ugly cry in the microphone. It wasn't cute, let me just tell you. And I I testified. I said I had been diagnosed, but the Lord had spoken to my healing and that I was going to be healed. You know, it did not immediately happen for me. It wasn't like that. I didn't walk off the steps of the stage in that sanctuary and immediately I had to continue to walk out some areas that the Lord was pointing out to me. But the Lord was faithful. And as I would go back for my checkups, I would feel I'm getting better. I'm getting better. He also led me to deal with a very spirit-filled, awesome man of God who's a doctor in Charlottesville. So he led me that way. It wasn't all just, you know, I had to do some things. I had to sacrifice some finances as well. And I'm talking big time because we have insurance and this guy is private practice and everything had to come out of our pocket. And I, well, you know, I have five kids, (laughs) Um, growing kids. And we are at this point, and we are now still in the middle of this massive addition that seems to be swallowing us up. And um, praise God, he's getting things done. He's getting things done. <laughs> uh, we are farther than we were. So, but, you know, I, uh, I had to make sacrifices. I had to, um, I had to activate my faith. I had to move my feet. And the Lord would use this man of God to also counsel me in some areas that I needed, that I was struggling with inward. I was hurting. 
it all tied in together. And during this time, I learned how body, mind, and soul all tie in together, how your uh, anxiety directly affects your poop. <laughs> I'm just being, you know, your stomach can be an absolute disaster only because you are struggling and housing so much anxiety. The Lord never meant for us to do that. How do we know? He told us. I'm sure you can think of the scripture. You know, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything. What? Yeah, through prayer and supplication, you know, present your request to him. We should ask God for healing. He invites us to pray. He, he actually tells us to ask, to seek, and knock. That implies we're going to have to activate something. He's not going to do all the work. We have to do some of the work. He expects for us to move our bodies, our feet behind what we're asking for, and to grow in our faith. I have um, an incredibly powerful scripture here um, I want to share as I'm coming into a closing. I'm kind of, I'm going to land. I'm going to land. Um, I'm watching the clock. I've got, what, 10 minutes left? Is that right? Five. Ooh, five. She's, she's hard. She's only giving me five. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm teasing. Psalm 121 verses 1 through 8. My help comes from the Lord. This is a song of ascent. Um, the scholars think Hezekiah may have written this, but we really don't know who wrote it. However, it doesn't matter. I think you'll agree with me. Territory is covered. All territory is covered in this. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You know this. You can say it with me if you want. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not Slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither, I love this, slumber briefly nor sleep soundly. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in in everything that you do from this time forth and forever. That's all territory. There's no ground that that doesn't cover. That covers all soil. That covers all that we will experience. That covers all that we feel coming at us in the spirit world. That covers all the soil in our heart that's been cultivated in whichever way it has been. God will be our protector and our guide if we so choose. We have to choose to invite him in to our situation. He wants to, he's willing to, he laid down promises for us that we can grasp a hold of, but we do have to make that choice. What is it that we have chosen today? Not just the choice of our minds. Yes, I've chosen God, but what's the choice of our will, our actions, our body? Have we allowed God to uncover the areas of health that we struggle in and walk on that soil with us? He, he understands. He's the great physician. He, he gets it all. It's nothing too complicated for God. We can go to him. Have we consulted with him about the areas we may not realize that we've made bad choices in or the areas that we know we've made bad choices in? I've been there. Have we invited him into that soil? After all, we can't hide from God, my sisters. There's nothing hidden from him at all. If he stands with us, he may point out pride, envy, anger. He may ask us to begin to dig up the bad soil, but he'll be digging beside us. We won't dig alone. He'll be there working with us. He'll help us to pull up roots of bitterness and anger, mistrust and unforgiveness. And yes, it won't feel good. 
Don't expect it to feel good. Just be okay with that. But God's there and he's going to help guide you through it as you lean into him. It will, be, it will be painful to remove the roots that have grown deep and polluted the soil of our hearts and our soul, affecting health in every area, really, marriages, raising children, everything, everything that is our lives, it affects, it all ties in. But listen, this is what I want to leave you with. This is so encouraging to me. Who is like our God? Who is like our God? God will never root around like a nosy enemy with intentions to expose us or shame us. That's not why he starts digging. God won't dig and gouge and leave holes and destroy the soil he disturbs. He won't leave it that way. Remember that when God digs, he digs to bring life that gives way to growth, healthy, abundant, and plentiful fruit. Greater is he that is within us than he who's in the world. So that's where I'm going to end today. Um, I have um, gone online and found a favorite resource of emotional and mental. And, you know, we, we take that word and get so scared of it. Our thought life. Okay. We're not crazy. Um, and, and I have made these copies. These are actually from Joyce Meyer Ministries. So all credit to Joyce on these. Actually, all credit to God, right? They're his words. But they're all here compiled. It's two pages worth. So I'd like for you guys to have these. And I just want to challenge you, you know, start praying some of these. Start praying some of the scriptures and ask God, what? What now, Papa? Because he'll show you and he'll have that plan that you need to move forward with it. Amen? Amen. Praise God.